0: chapter four of the rosicrucian mysteries by max heindel this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by kirk Ziegler. the constitution of man our chapter-head the constitution of man may surprise a reader who has not previously studied the mystery teachings or he may imagine that we intend to give an anatomical dissertation but such is not our intention we have spoken of earth upon which we live as being composed of several invisible realms in addition to the world we perceive by means of our senses we have also spoken of a man as being correlated to these various divisions of nature and a little thought upon the subject will quickly convince us that in order to function upon various planes of existence described it is necessary that a man should have a body composed of their substance or at least have specialized for his own use some material of each of these worlds. We have said that finer matter, called the stuff and mind-stuff, permeates our atmosphere and the solid earth, even as blood percolates through all parts of our flesh. But that is not a sufficient explanation to account for all facts of life. If that were all, then minerals which are interpenetrated by the world of thought and the world of desire would have thoughts and desires as well as man this is not the case so something more than mere interpenetration must be requisite to acquire the faculties of thought and feeling we know that in order to function in this world to live as a physical being among other beings we must have a physical body of our own built on the chemical constituents of this invisible world when we lose it at death it profits us nothing that the world is full of just the very chemicals needed to build such a body we cannot then specialize them and therefore we are invisible to all others similarly if we did not possess a special body made of ether we should be unable to grow and to propagate that is the case with the mineral had we no separate individual desire body we should be unable to feel desires and emotions there would be no incentive to move from one place to another we should then be stationary as plants and did we not possess a third mind we should be incapable of thought, and act upon impulse and instinct as animals. Someone may of course object to this last statement, and contend that animals do think. So as far as our domesticated animals are concerned, that is partially true, but it is not quite the same way that we think and reason. The difference may perhaps be best understood if we take an illustration from the electrical field when an electric current of high voltage is passed through a coiled copper wire and another wire is placed in the center of the coils that wire will become charged with electricity of lower voltage so also the animal when brought within the sphere of human thoughts evolves a mental activity of lower order paul in his writings also mention the natural body and the spiritual body while the man himself is spirit inhabiting those vehicles we briefly note the constitution of the various bodies of man invisible to the physical sight but as objective to spiritual sight as the dense body to ordinary vision the vital body that body of ours which is composed of ether is called the vital body in western mystery schools for as we have already seen ether is the avenue of ingress for vital force from the sun and the field of agencies in nature which promote such vital activities as assimilation growth and propagation this vehicle is an exact counterpart of our visible body molecule for molecule and organ for organ with one exception which we shall note later but it is slightly larger extending about one and one-half inches beyond the periphery of our defense vehicle the spleen is the entrance gate of the forces which vitalize the body in the etheric counterpart of that organ solar energy is transmuted to vital fluid of a pale rose color from thence it spreads all over the nervous system and after having been used in the body it radiates in streams much as bristles protrude from a porcupine The rays of the sun are transmitted either directly or reflected by way of the planets and the moon. The rays directly from the sun give spiritual illumination. The rays received by way of the planets produce intelligence, morality, and soul growth. But the rays reflected by way of the moon make for physical growth, as seen in the case of plants which grow differently when planted in the light of the moon, from what is the case when they are planted when the moon is dark. There is also difference in plants, sown, when the moon is in barren and fruitful signs of the zodiac. The solar ray is absorbed by the human spirit, which has its seat in the center of the forehead. The stellar ray is absorbed by the brain and spinal cord, and the lunar ray enters our system through the spleen. The solar, stellar, and lunar rays are three colored, and in the lunar ray which supplies our vital force, the blue beam is the life of the Father, which causes germination. The yellow beam is the life of the sun, which is the active principle in nutrition and growth, and the red beam is the life of the Holy Spirit, which simulates into action, dissipating the energy stored in the yellow force. This principle is particularly active in generation. The various kingdoms absorb this life force differently according to their constitution. Animals have only 28 pairs of spinal nerves they are keyed to the lunar month of twenty-eight days and therefore dependent upon a group spirit for an infusion of stellar rays necessary to produce consciousness they are altogether incapable of absorbing the direct ray of the sun man is in a transition stage he has thirty-one pairs of spinal nerves which key him to the solar month but the nerves in the so-called caudiaquina, equina literally horsetail at the end of our spinal cord are still too undeveloped to act as avenues for the spiritual ray of the sun. In proportion, as we draw our creative force upward by spiritual thought, we develop these nerves and awaken dormant faculties in the spirit. But it is dangerous to attempt that development except under guidance of a qualified teacher, and the reader is earnestly warned not to use any method published in books or sold, for their practice usually leads to dementia. THE SAFE METHOD IS NEVER SOLD FOR MONEY OR ANY EARTHLY CONSIDERATION, HOWEVER LARGE OR SMALL. IT IS ALWAYS GIVEN FREE AS A REWARD OF MERIT. ASK, AND YE SHALL RECEIVE. SEEK, AND YE SHALL FIND. KNOCK, AND IT SHALL BE OPENED, SAID THE CHRIST. IF OUR LIFE IS A PRAYER FOR ILLUMINATION, THE SEARCH WILL NOT BE UNCERTAIN, NOR THE KNOCK WITHOUT RESPONSE when solar energy has been transmuted in the spleen it traverses the whole nervous system of the body with a most beautiful color of a delicate rosy hue it answers the same purpose as electricity in a telegraph system we may string wires between cities erect telegraph stations install receivers and transmitters we may have operators ready at the keys but until electric fluid is turned into our wires the telegraph keys will refuse to click so also in the body the human spirit is operator and from the central station of the brain nerves ramify go through the whole body to all different muscles when this vitalizing fluid of which we are speaking traverses the nervous system the ego may send its commands to the muscles and cause them to move but if the vital fluid for any reason does not flow to a certain part of the body such as an arm or limb Then the spirit is powerless to move that part of the body, and we say that it is paralyzed. When we are in health, we specialize solar energy in such great quantities that we cannot use it all in the body, and therefore it radiates through the pores of our skin in straight streams and serves a similar purpose as an exhaust fan. That machine drives the foul air out of a room, and keeps the atmosphere within pure and sweet. The excessive vital force which radiates from the body drives out poisonous gases, deleterious microbes, and defeat matter, thus trending to preserve a healthy condition. It also prevents armies of disease germs which swarm about the atmosphere from entering, upon the same principle that a fly cannot wing its way into a building through an exhaust fan. Thus it serves a most beneficent purpose even after it has been utilized in our body and is returning to the free state it is a curious and most astounding sight when one first observes how from the exposed parts of the body such as hands and face there suddenly commences a flow of stream of stars cubes pyramids and a variety of other geometrical forms the writer has more than once rubbed his eyes when he first received the phenomenon for it seemed that he must be suffering from hallucinations the forms observed are chemical atoms however which have served their purpose in the body and are expelled through the pores when one has eaten a meal vital fluid is consumed by the body in great quantities for it is the cement whereby nature's forces build our food into the body therefore the radiations are weakest during the period of digestion if the meal has been heavy the outflow is very perceptibly diminished and does not then cleanse our body as thoroughly as when the food has been digested nor is it as potent in keeping out inimical germs therefore one is most liable to catch cold or other disease by overeating a fault which should be avoided by all who wish to keep in good health during ill health the vital body specializes but little solar energy then, for a time, the visible body seems to feed upon the vital body, as it were, so that the vehicle becomes more transparent and attenuated at the same rate as the visible body exhibits a state of emaciation. The cleansing otic radiations are almost entirely absent during sickness, therefore complications set in so easily. Though science has not directly observed this vital body of man, it has upon several occasions postulated the existence of such a vehicle as necessary to account for the facts in life and the conditions have been observed by a number of scientists at different times and under varying conditions Blondlot and carpentier have called them n-rays after the city of nantes where the radiations were observed by these scientists others have named them the odic fluid Scientific investigators who have conducted researches into psychic phenomena have even photographed it when it has been extracted through the spleen by materializing spirits. Dr. Holtz, for instance, obtained two photographs of a materialization through the German medium, Mina Demmler. On one, a cloud of ether is seen oozing out through the left side of the medium, shapeless and without form. The second picture, taken a few moments later, shows the materialized spirit standing at the medium's side. Other photographs obtained by scientists from the Italian medium, Eusapio Palladino, show a luminous cloud hanging over her left side. We said in the beginning of this description that the vital body is an exact counterpart of the dense body with one exception. It is of the opposite sex, or perhaps we should rather say, polarity. As the vital body nourishes the dense vehicle, we may readily understand that the blood is the highest visible expression, and also that a positively polarized vital body would generate more blood than a negative one. Woman who is physically negative has a positive vital body, hence she generates a surplus of blood which is relieved by the periodical flow. She is also more prone to tears, which are white bleeding, than man whose negative vital body does not generate more blood than he can comfortably take care of. Therefore, it is not necessary for him to have other outlets which relieve excess blood in women. THE DESIRE BODY In addition to the visible body and the vital body, we also have a body made of desire stuff, from which we form our feelings and emotions. This vehicle also impels us to seek sense gratification but while the two instruments of which we have already spoken are well organized the desire body appears to spiritual sight as an ovoid cloud extending from sixteen to twenty inches beyond the physical body it is above the head and below the feet so that our dense body sits in the center of this egg-shaped cloud as a yolk is in the center of an egg The reason for the rudimentary state of this vehicle is that it has been added to the human constitution more recently than the bodies previously mentioned. Evolution of form may be likened to the manner in which the juices of the snail first condense into flesh and later become a hard shell. When our present visible body first germinated in the spirit, it was a thought form, but gradually it has become denser and more concrete until it is now a chemical crystallization. The vital body was next emanated by the spirit as a thought-form, and is in the third stage of concretion which is etheric. The desire-body is still a later acquisition. That also was a thought-form at its inception, but now has condensed into desire-stuff, and the mind, which we have only recently received, is still but a mere cloudy thought-form. Arms and limbs, eyes and ears are not necessary to use the desire-body for it can glide through space more swiftly than wind without much means of locomotion as we require in this visible world when viewed by spiritual sight it appears that there are in this desire body a number of whirling vortices we have already explained that it is a characteristic of desire stuff to be in constant motion and from the main vortex in the region of the liver there is constant outwelling flow which radiates toward the periphery of this egg-shaped body and returns to the center through a number of other vortices the desire body exhibits all the colors and shades which we know and a vast number of others which are indescribable in earthly language those colors vary in every person according to his characteristics and temperament and they also vary from moment to moment as passing moods, fancies, or emotions are experienced by him. There is, however, in each one a certain basic color dependent upon the ruling star at the moment of his birth. The man whose horoscope Mars is particularly strong has a crimson tint in his aura, where Jupiter is the strongest planet and prevailing tint seems to be a bluish tone, and so on with other planets there was a time in earth's past history when incrustation was not yet complete and the human being of that time lived upon islands here and there amid boiling seas they had not yet evolved eyes or ears but a little organ the penal gland which anatomists have called the third eye protruding through the back of the head and was a localized organ of feeling which warned the man when he came too near a volcanic crater and thus enabled him to escape destruction since then the cerebral hemispheres have covered the penile gland and instead of a single organ of feeling the whole body inside and out is sensitive to impacts which of course is a much higher state of development in the desire body every particle is sensitive to vibrations similar to those we call sight sounds and feelings and every particle is in an incessant motion rapidly swirling about so that in the same instant it may be at the top or the bottom of the desire body and impart all its points to all the other particles a sensation of that which it has experienced thus every particle of desire stuff in this vehicle of ours will instantly feel any sensation experienced by any particle therefore the desire body is of an exceedingly sensitive nature capable of most intense feelings and emotions the mind this is the latest acquisition of the human spirit and in most people who have not yet accustomed themselves to orderly consecutive thought it is a mere inchoate cloud disposed particularly in the region of the head when looking at a person clairvoyantly there appears to be an empty space in the centre of the forehead just above and between the eyebrows. It looks like the blue part of a gas flame. That is the mind-stuff which veils the human spirit or ego. And the writer has been told that even not the most gifted seer can penetrate that veil which is said to have been spoken of in ancient Egypt as the veil of Isis, which none may lift and live, for behind that veil is the Holy of Holies, the temple of our body, where the spirit is to be left secure from all intrusion." to those who have not previously studied the deeper philosophies the question may occur but why all these divisions even when the bible speaks only of soul and body for most people believe the soul and spirit to be synonymous terms we can only answer that this division is not arbitrary but necessary and founded upon the facts in nature neither is it correct to regard the soul and the spirit as synonymous paul himself speaks of the natural body which is composed of physical substances, solids, liquids, gases, and ethers. He mentions a spiritual body, which is the vehicle of the spirit composed of the mind and desire body, and the spirit itself, which is called ego in Latin, or I in English. That term I is an appellation which can only be made by the human spirit itself. We may call a dog a dog, or we may call a table a table and anyone else may apply the same name to the dog and to the table but only a human being can be called i and only he himself can apply that most exclusive of all words i for this is the badge of self-consciousness the recognition by the human spirit of itself as an entity separate apart from all others Thus we see that the constitution of man is more complex than appears upon the surface, and we will now proceed to note the effect upon this multiplex being of various conditions of life chapter four Recording by Kirk Ziegler, Ogden, Utah Voiceovers by Kirk.